Welcome everyone to the Steve Perman podcast. Uh, as ever, we have uh, in attendance for us tonight, Howard and huh? Tom. Welcome, you two. Hi. Hey. So uh, lots have happened since last time we were on this podcast and to think that we might be rusty or you could call it we've all had a little bit of drink um, being 23rd of December. This will be coming out on New uh, on Christmas Eve. Um, so you, you take from it what you want. Um, I, uh, since I spoke to you last time, I've had a birthday, now 71 years of age. Howard's soon to catch me up. Is that right, Howard? 13 days time, yes. 13 days time, great. Um, so I've had a birthday, I've had a haircut, I've had COVID, um, but now over it and bought a book out and watched the World Cup, which is all very exciting other than the COVID, I have to say. So chaps, um, let's talk about the World Cup. Did you enjoy what you saw, Howard? Yes, I did. I enjoyed it more than I expected to. Um, I think thought it was a very good standard of football. I think the only kind of queries were that almost every team seems to play the same same system now. So yeah. I know that I'm going to spend half my life watching the two centre halves pass into each other yeah. before anything actually happens. That's but other the modern that, game, uh, modern game, Howard. Yeah. Um, that the overall I thought the quality of the football was very good. Yeah. The final was astonishing. I mean, just an incredible game. And yeah. That um, will overshadow everything, wouldn't it? The quality of that final. Yeah. That was just just amazing. In general, Tom, how did you see it? Yeah, same. I was I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I, I was feeling quite resentful about it when it when it when it happened. Not not looking at any of the kind of political reasons but purely the the fact it kind of came in the middle of that the football season um you know Spurs, Spurs are just beating Leeds 4-3 and then suddenly it's uh yeah off, off, off to watch an international tournament which everyone's feeling a bit weird about but I actually thought that it was just enjoyable from start to finish every round had some um some amazing games loads of penalties so many penalties mm. but um but no I was I was I was Really surprised at how much I actually just enjoyed enjoyed watching the games. I think for inter- com- compared to some of the international football we've endured rather than enjoyed over the last few years, um, it was uh, it, it was really great to watch. So yeah, yeah, very very enjoyable. Yeah, so um, I I like the refereeing, not all of it. I th- felt that England were a bit hard done by on the the referee stakes, but um, I like the fact that they are all going down the same route of letting the game flow and not just reacting to a player going to ground. So I really like that part of it. But as you said, lots of penalties and, of course, penalty shootouts at various stages. So, um, so yeah, any players that you really stood out for you, Howard? Um, bald, the bald-headed uh, uh, Moroccan central yeah. midfield player, Arabat or whatever his name was, yeah. He looked pretty solid to me. Um, the rest of them, I found, it was, I found it quite interesting that a lot of them are English Premier League players. But I look at them and I think, well, I don't think we should try and get those players. 
it seems to me that there's a lot of those players who are fine for the World Cup final, wonderful as it is, but yeah. there, there wouldn't be any good on a day-to-day basis, week-to-week basis. Yeah. And Tom, uh, any particular player you think stood out and would would fit in at Tottenham, for instance? I mean, I mean, as Howard says, I, there, there was quite a few who I, I think the teams all played well as as units. Um, it was almost like there weren't that many individual players who stood out from from the games that I saw anyway. But I think Mac, Mac Allister, yeah, the, the Brighton guy played for Argentina, was um, was excellent. Um, and you know he he was there's a few conversations saying oh god did we get the wrong midfielder from Brighton um, last summer but uh, he's he he's, he certainly showed that he could do something on 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 the bigger stage and um, I think a lot of people will be watching him for the rest of the season um, yeah. at Brighton absolutely Howard were you pleased uh, for Ozzy and Ricky that Argentina won it in the end absolutely yes yeah always going to be uh, one of my favourite countries for, for, the, for that very reason. Yeah. And France sort of we went a bit anti France, didn't we? Yes. With regard to the semi final defeat and some some referee decisions that I I mentioned earlier. But um I think that in the end they were good value and yet just shows you they lost yep. the first game and were struggling in the second one. Yeah. Took some messy magic to to get them through, didn't it? Yeah. Lost to Saudi Arabia, didn't they? First game. Lost to Saudi, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I bet Aussie was pleased. Ricky, I'm sure. But Poch, I'm sure they were celebrating in their own way. I actually spent the evening with Aussie um, at a friend's house when we went out to France. So that was a particularly sort of disappointing evening, of course. But, um, but yeah, so be it. I... I was surprised about all the the calling for the manager's head. Did you see it the same way, or did you think it's right for him to to be changed at this point? I thought uh, I didn't ever think there's any question about it. I think he's done a really good job creating a different atmosphere amongst that that group of players. And to suspect that he, he leaves now, I think, would be crazy. Except that. If he if the if he, if we don't do well in the next qualifying round for the, for the next games, if we don't do well, the media will be on his back, and that's the only question is if if you want to be manager of England, can you cope with what's going to come your way? Yeah, because that can be very cruel. Yeah, he looks like a very sensible manager. Yes, he's not getting overexcited either way in defeat or, you know, it was. It was very, very realistic when we had a, a sort of a poor game, the second game. So um, I, I like that in him. I like that in him. Mm. If, you know, people doubt his flair to pick a, an attacking team, for instance. Um, but I think he did most things right. And when you think about our yeah. Euro, European Cup um, situation, I mean... Again, he did almost everything right until it come to the penalties. And penalties are the nature of the word. It's hit and miss, aren't they? Very much so. So, um, yeah. And what about Argentina? Um, wh- where did you think their strengths lie, Tom? Where, where, where did they win it? They got, this, uh, they got this guy up front who's kind of come out of nowhere. 
um what's his name <laughs> messina or something but um no i mean i think i think that they've they've looked like a, a real cohesive unit throughout the whole the whole tournament um and that's what you're saying about southgate uh about the way he's kind of kept england's feet on the ground i guess at times and and um it's just i think club club football and international football just seems so different in terms of the the kind of maybe the kind of person you need leading a team and and like the kind of tactical yeah whether, whether it's less tactical more building a, a unity you know and and um yeah. and, I, and i think Southgate's done really well in in terms of that with england but it just felt that argentina had a real unity about them throughout the whole the whole tournament and um a certain level of nastiness as well um i think yeah. we've all seen a few of the um yeah the uh after the netherlands game and the um some of the reactions after the after the, the winning the final itself as well you know there's a lot of real like yeah. aggression but it seems like they channeled yeah. they channeled it in um in the right way throughout and uh even even if it kind of overflowed a little bit at times um so yeah i think um fair, fair play to them and, and like the scenes in um buenos aires afterwards yeah. i've seen that drone footage just showing like millions sure. and millions of them out. Sure. absolutely incredible absolutely incredible very special crowd wasn't it very special. And I think the Moroccan crowd helped yeah. their team, Howard. For sure. They were they were very um they were in numbers and they were right behind their teams, weren't they? I'm not saying England weren't, because of course we send numbers out there and um typical English support, they they support their their country. Why wouldn't they? But um I I was present in Tokyo uh for Boca Juniors against Bayern Munich some years ago, obviously when I was working in Japan, and I've never heard noise like it. I've never seen a crowd jumping up and down in unison, and the 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 uh, the substitutes on the bench jumped to the same mm. the same tempo, and it's just like a whole unit ready to try and beat you. So. Um, now maybe that just carried them over the line with the penalties and stuff, but um, but yeah, I heard a very interesting statistic today, and I don't always believe in statistics, but um, I was being told that before the final, leading up to the final, that Argentina had conceded ten shots on their goal, and yet nine goals were scored from them t- 10 shots on target <laughs> and and here we are thinking well the goalkeeper did well you know why didn't arsenal play him more why has he waited so long to get into the to the national team i think someone suggested some manager suggested that he he just about got in the sack uh, i forget which club that was but um but what a great save he made howard towards the end of that game what sure. a save and was it luck? Was it, you know, people used to say to me, Pat Jennings saves too much with his with his feet. Guess what? <laughs> That's a very big asset because, you know, when you're trying to spread yourself. Yeah. But uh, did did you did you get upset by his actions at the end of the? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. What what particularly? Well, when he was uh, talking to the to the players coming up and threatening them and just just he was doing. Being as making it, making it as uncomfortable as possible for them, and I understand why. I suppose we'd expect our guys to do the same thing, but it hasn't worked out that way. We don't seem to have those kind yeah. of players. 
Yeah. Who was the Norwich goalkeeper that upset our crowd so much in the penalty shootout in the FA Cup? Uh, oh, God. Dutch goalkeeper. Um, anyway. Tim Krull. Tim Krull. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when are, when are referees going to jump on this? When are they going to say that is not, call it ungently conduct well, or call it what you want? Well, on that same note, did you see that like every every penalty that was given you usually end up with uh, during the World Cup, you ended up with the defending team kind of guarding the penalty spot from uh, from the attacking team trying yeah. to like scuff yeah. it up or, or or something like that. There's a lot yeah. of like say un, ungentlemanly conduct yeah. um, now ha- happening at the in, in, at these points and yeah. And I think generally, I think I've said said this before, but the penalties the penalties when they're taken at the end of the game after in the penalty shootout. The rules of how a goalkeeper can behave are not followed by in the, in, the, in the penalty shootout. They are followed in the if there's a penalty during the game. Yes, I agree with that. You mean the, the feet on the line, etc. Mm. Yeah, it Larice, seems as though that goes out the window. Larice, yeah. Larice's feet were off the off the yeah. line for just about every penalty in that in that shootout. Yeah. I saw. Um, whereas, like you say, during the game, they would have been looking at that with a absolute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, telescope to make sure that everything was yeah i'm not sure how people are going to accept this but when the argentinian goalkeeper threw the ball away yeah if i'd have been the referee or what i would have loved to have seen on the world stage is the referee say to the goalkeeper go and get it now obviously he won't go and get it so then you can give him the yellow card and then when you say it again now go and get it having got one yellow card, would he risk getting the second yellow card? Would he? I mean, is it in the rules to be able to do that? But I think he could have done the world of football a favour. Yeah. Go and get it and bring it back and put it on the spot. Not that the penalty taker will allow that. He want to place the ball himself, of course. But, um, yeah, I, I wish that that had happened. That uh, Okay, different level, different era different whatever but uh, we had this reserve game at the training ground at Exeter and the centre for our centre forward went through young player and it was obviously offside went up nice and early the flag and our player carried on and smashed the ball I'm sure he wanted it at the top of the net but he smashed the ball and it went over the bar and the long distance and the referee said go and get it and our young player said, no. He said, I'm telling you, this game will not start until you get that ball. So, and I applauded the referee for it. Yeah. I mean, is it in the rules? Is it is it realistic that that should happen? But uh, sometimes you wish that the game went a bit more gentlemanly than, than the way it's going. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So on to goalkeepers. And someone mentioned Loris there. I I have been a voice of saying I don't think the goalkeeper should be captain. And if the penalty shootout had gone the other way, Loris would have been the captain of the World Cup yes. winning team. So how stupid am I? But I still stick with the point that I think a goalkeeper is a specialist player. Harry Kane is a specialist player. I think the captain needs to be a bit like myself in a way. I know I'm talking myself up, but I was a sort of, could have been called 
uh, a jack of all trades, master of none. But that meant I had an opinion on everyone's game. Yeah. And I think that's part of being a captain. Yeah. I think you, you know, would I would I tell Harry Kane or would I tell Jimmy Greaves, not that I was captain in that era, would I tell them how to take a goal? No. But I'd like to think that you can you can give advice on a general way. Would I tell Pat Jennings out the keeping goal or or Ray Clements? No, absolutely not. I might say, Pat, we need it quicker. Okay, that's that's a tempo thing. It's not a technique thing. But I think the go the the captain has to have his his finger on the pulse of how that game's going and how the players can affect how that's going for the future, in the future of the game. So um, I wasn't happy for Loris to lose the World Cup. Absolutely not. But I still come back to the same thing. I think the captain needs to be in and around the action. So, um, so yeah. Um, so on to Spurs. We've obviously got a start uh, against Brentford. Are you going to the game, Howard? Can't get a ticket for, for love or money. 17,000 right. crowd. Man, I think. Yeah. I'll be, Is that what I'll Brentford be... holds now? 17,000? Yeah. Right. It's, it's around the corner from Tara and Matt's house. So it would be nice okay. to have a five-minute walk to the ground, but it doesn't work out. Well, my only involvement in the game is that I've done a piece for the programme uh, because I think they call it Kings of Kings of the Castle or something like that, yeah. which which is the ex managers have a have a say in various programs. So they chose for me as an ex Brentford manager the um, the Tottenham game. So I'm happy to have give my views on that. I'm not going to the game either, but um, but yeah, I hope we start off the second part of our season well. Have, have either of you seen much of the, the warm-up games that have happened so far? No. I watched the first um, watched the first half of the Motherwell friendly um, and I saw the highlights of the, the Nice game the other day, so uh, I can't can't speak with too much qualification. Sure. Um, but uh, I did see... Doherty's the boy, isn't he? Doherty, goal machine. Doherty, yeah. is it? I still know, is it Doherty or Doherty? Anyway, goal, goal machine. Uh, I yeah. think he's got like four four goals in, in, in the... Um, in yeah. three games and uh um saw so a really nice move which is uh I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys the, the the video if you haven't seen it yet but um there's a really nice move out of um out of the back during the uh during the nice game which ended with uh uh doxy playing son in uh brian hill in for a, for a shot which was saved but fantastic if, if we can um if we can pass the ball throughout the rest of the season like we did in this one move then uh be uh we'll be very happy but those games were they played on the stadium or were they were they training ground games? The training ground game was used for Motherwell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the stadium for uh, Nice. Okay. Yeah. And Nice Nice have got one of our ex Premiership uh, Ross Barkley in the league. Yeah. Barkley and the goalkeeper. Oh, Schmeichel. Yeah. Schmeichel. Schmeichel. Yeah. So yeah. Nice must be a fair fair level in the. I think that's ninth is on a mid table. Oh, they're mid-table. Okay, so not not the biggest of tests, but no. of course we were lacking our yeah. end of the World Cup players, weren't we? So, how, Harry, how do we think he's going to react to being the the villain of the piece with a penalty miss? 
giant thinking that so there's nobody else better better able to cope than him. Yeah, I think it'd be fine. I think yeah. it'd be absolutely fine. I think if we get if we get a penalty against Brentford or Villa, I think he'll just, yeah, just step up and it. smash it yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. I think the test comes if we get two penalties. <laughs> yeah. What what the direction is from the bench, what what the direction is in the planning, mm. um, and Harry's own own decision, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. So we wish you well with that, Harry. Yeah, big time. I think um, I think after the uh, yeah, he's, he's he, he he'll get a good reception when uh, yeah at, at the Villa game. I think I think the the whole crowd will. Welcome him back yeah. with open arms, and uh, I think especially given like some of the um, some of the abuse he's got, even from even from the blooming ITV commentator on the night. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully he'll come back to Spurs, and know it's where we love him, and um, sure, we'll we'll really welcome him back with open arms and um, and cheer him on to hopefully get us into a really good position by the end of the season. We've got sure. a, we've got a run of games. I mean, they, they tumble one after another coming up, but if we don't close close the gap with scum. Then it could all be for nothing in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get off that. Let's get on to life. How are these strikes affecting you both? I missed a um, I missed a Christmas do in uh, in in London a couple of days ago due to the train strikes, which is a shame. But uh, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing other than that. It's more it's more um, you know the kind of current flu situation that's affecting us and. Um, Prevent, preventing us from seeing family over Christmas, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a shame, Tom. But at least we're doing this podcast. It's exactly, allowed, it's allowed exactly. that. So. My second, my second family. Yeah. Howard, any anything for you? Post the yeah. or a few, a few, a couple of bits actually. I'm trying to remember what I wrote. Holiday um, wise, comedy wise, we'll come to it. But almost comedy wise, there was a documentary on Netflix. Called FIFA Uncovered. Watch yeah. that, and it was terrific. And it's just absolutely astonishing the, the sheer level of corruption in that organisation and arrogance. And they, they know they can get get away with it. They, they don't believe in any of these people stopping them, and they just carry on. Just <laughs> yeah. it's just so crazy. You've convinced me and others to watch it. Good. It's a, it's a, it's amazing. I think it's three three or four episodes. It's very very good but then like even on um did you see during the uh the cup final in the celebrations they had the uh salt bay chef uh get onto the pitch and try and get involved did you do you, do you know anything about this guy he's like a no he's a oh, i won't get too much detail but he's a uh the subject of a internet meme a few years ago he's a guy who kind of like holds his um c- cooks steak and holds his uh salt over it in a in, oh. in, in a quite extravagant way and um He's had uh, he's got restaurants in London and um, in the Middle East, and I think Poch has been round to his to his restaurant once, and okay. uh, very 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 expensive. And he's and and he's become a bit of a kind of like internet celebrity, and he's ended up on the pitch um, during the uh, celebrations at the end of the at the end of the cup final, trying to get involved with Messi and um, yeah, there's, there's videos with him and Romero and uh, yeah, uh, Di Maria and co, and it turns out he's just like well in with um, Infantino. Mm. Oh, um, that's why he was on the pitch. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, all these guys, you know, it's, it's meant to be surely like the pinnacle of a player's career to hold this, to touch Absolutely. this trophy. And you've got this guy just running on and, um, t- you know, somehow getting involved for his Instagram feed. It's yeah. it's quite astonishing. Um, I didn't like the cape 
situation on the yeah. uh, presentation of the World Cup. He got rid of it as soon as he could. Yeah, I didn't like it. No, it's not like it. Yeah, it's quite yeah. comfortable. To put our World Cup on in the middle of a season hurts, but to then see the World Cup used in yeah. a certain way, that there was Literally obviously some, some message involved in all that, wasn't there? Yeah, so, message. so anything else, Howard? Postage hurt you or? No, no the rest of it's been uh, okay, I think. Brilliant, brilliant. So I was uh, 71, as I said, the other day. I had my phone go and a no number. I very rarely answer no numbers, mm. but because I have certain hospital appointments, you have to, because if you're going to get a phone call from your yeah. doctor, it's normally that way. So I answered this, and guess what? It was Gary Mabbott wishing me happy birthday. Huh. And I think he's phoned about 8,000 such people. I said, Gary, I'm very impressed that I'm on someone's list with my birth details, the birthday details. And he said, Steve, you're not on anyone's list. You're on my list. <laughs> so very nice. Very, very, very respectful and we had a good conversation i was happy to speak to him but just imagine how those people feel when they get a phone call from a yeah. person like gary mabbott i mean there's a closeness there isn't there there's a he tells me there's there's he said he could write a book about their stories of mm -hmm. how and why they support tottenham yeah. and he actually said you know it'd be quite nice for the director level of the club to hear to get involved some of, some of this yeah so um yeah when i when, when i was 10 steve i um i i was a member of junior spurs and gary mabbott was the uh he was the uh president skipper. i think at the time yeah he was skipping yeah. he was skipping the team and he was yeah. pres president of junior spurs and um and i uh won a competition to go and kick the ball around at chase lodge um by, by, by drawing a picture of my favorite player who was gary mabbott so yeah because when i was obviously Brilliant. uh yeah, I was I was I was born in '82, so I was kind of really really getting into the team in the late late '80s, early '90s, and he was he was just real legend to me, and sure. um sure, and it's sure. just it's just amazing that he's still um so well, it's not a surprise, but he's he's just still so well respected by the fans and um absolutely um just every every time uh, every time we hear him speak about Spurs, his, his love for the club comes through, and the fact he's done this like say eight eight nine ten thousand phone calls he's made, especially during COVID as well. I think he was ringing mm -hmm. people. Every yeah. day, that's where it started. Yeah, COVID. yeah, that's exactly. where it started. But yeah, what a, what, what, what a great, what a great idea. I wonder if it was his. I should have asked him. I wonder if mm. it was his idea, or um, but it, but Gary was telling me that he'd spoke to a, a chap eighty five years old, um, before me, and he said all the chap could speak about was Steve Perryman. <laughs> <laughs> so we we obviously had the the same birthday, so there's a link with you, isn't it? The player to the supporter, same birthday. So, um, what, so, yeah. so what does anybody think about the uh, time, the clock situation, where they now they've got other people monitoring out the, the the amount of time the ball's in play? I liked it. I liked it. It is another way of stopping the the bit of nonsense going exactly. on. Yeah, game management, etc. And we've spoke long, long and tough about this in the past, and. It's anti-football. Yeah, absolutely anti-football. It's non-football, and we don't want it. I think. I think what was really interesting about it was that 
you know, in, in the Premier League, we almost accept that in the first half, there's going to be less stoppage time than in the second half. And it's almost like it's subliminal in the referee's mind. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's always going to be like, yeah, probably more substitutions in the second half or whatever. But they they will never give more than a, two or three minutes at the end of the first half. Whereas the refs, or, or yeah, to get the, the games during the World Cup, it was literally like, yeah, yeah. it was out of play 10 minutes. It's 10 sure. minutes of stoppage time sure, sure, sure. In, um, after the first half. Was, Why not? Yeah. Don't sell people short. It's about getting value for money. And that that's on an entertainment level. It's on a time level. Um, yeah. Yeah, what did you think, Howard? Was it, were you pleased with it? I was pleased with it. I was glad to see it happening. I think it'd be better to have the clock running, showing on the pitch. I don't see why. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. So that would be my first thing. And my second thing there is that... Um, I've left a lot of subjects again. No, no problem. Uh, chaps, listen, thank you very much. Um, I've actually got family here tonight. I've got my two daughters and their chaps staying with us. So thank you very much. So I'm going to go. I want to mention two situations, both concerning England selection international. One rugby, uh, Steve Borthwick, who I think is a friend of the podcast. uh, For those who've heard his interview before, been made England coach. Brilliant. I'm so pleased for him. Lives local to me, my wife and, and our families have things in common because he worked in Japan as I did. And the second one, very sad, is the passing of George Cohen. Yeah, George, uh, nice man, lovely man. I didn't know him too well, but um, he passed away today. And now there's only two left of the 11. Which one's not, not there, really? Uh, so Jeff Hurst is, is uh, still with us, of course. And Bobby Charlton. So Bobby's not well, is he? Not well. But um, I heard today on the news that George was um, uh, vice captain mm. of the England team. My memory doesn't stretch back that far as a young young chap watching the 66 final. But um, do, does anyone have an image in their mind of, of George Cohen on the pitch and how he yeah. was? I, he struck me as a, a, a very straightforward, honest player who did what he was supposed to do. Did his job. Did his job. Yeah. I'm surprised he was vice captain. I never knew that. Yeah. And he wouldn't have been the player that I'd be choosing myself as vice captain. Sure, sure, sure. Solid, very solid player. Yeah. George Best said he was the best fullback he'd ever played against. Mm. That's that's some accolade. And um, yeah, so really sad for his his family, and. Um, George, I mean, loyal, loyal to Fulham. I think he just had yep. one club, one didn't club. he? Yes. So when you think about it, you win a World World Cup winners medal and you stay with your, okay, not so glamorous club, um, that says something about his loyalty. So, so really, really pleased for that. But the yeah. other image I have, and I'm talking over you, Tom, because of your, you would, were you around the '66? No, just, just, just before my time. Yeah was the picture on the pitch of him going to exchange shirts with the Argentinian player and Ramsey stopping it, pulling the shirt back away from the Argentinian player because he thought they were cheats or whatever. So, um, but just to add to that story, Rattan, who was the man who supposedly caused all the trouble, was also a very big player in the fact that we signed Ozzy and Ricky. 
So he was behind the scenes of it all. And and according to Keith, both Keith and Ozzy, a very, very nice guy, but he mm. obviously didn't play nice. So um, well done, Argentina. Um, mm. I think I've said it before on here, pound for pound, not a particular player against another player, but uh, pound for pound in terms of competitiveness, ability, toughness, um, the overall all-round player, I think that uh, pound for pound, Argentina, the body, the mentality is as good as any player in the world. So I'm not sure what people will think about that. Maybe you can discuss it amongst yourselves. But um, but yeah, so thank you for being part of this, chaps. I've missed you. We've been away and been having a rest. So now we get back into these podcasts. And um, and yet, Howard, you've seen the 81 book. Uh, have you yep. read through it yet? Have you enjoyed I've, it? I've been, been picking, up, yeah, picking it up every other day sort of thing. Brilliant. My so, personal trainer saw it the other day and he's now bought buying one for his dad. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. And Tom, I've got one for you as a present for your hard work for, for us on the podcast. Look forward to receiving so, that. Something look, for you to look looks forward beautiful. to. Yeah. So great to see you, chaps. Really happy we're back in play. And um, remember, come on, you Spurs. And we should we should say well done to our uh, our World Cup winner, Romero. Yeah, yeah. and R- Richarlison, by the way. Richarlison scored, got the goal of the World Cup, yeah, didn't he? So he what a goal be. that was. What a goal. What a goal. When you hit the, I've always thought about that technique. When you hit the ball on the side, your head doesn't move, which is yeah. part of hitting the ball correctly, whatever position your body is in. But in a way, when you're on the side, your head can't move. You have to concentrate on that ball. And that's why usually there's a good strike. So, good point. Good point, Tom. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Tom. And regards you. to your families. Have a very Merry Christmas, everyone. Have fun. Don't drink too much or eat too much. But uh, if you're not driving, then do so. All right. Up the Spurs. See you later.